Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the Wall of Power Radio Hour. This is your host, Paul Metza. We have a fascinating and great guest on tonight, a man I've been wanting to get on the show for over a year. Charles Pierce is an American sports writer, a political blogger for Esquire.com, a liberal pundit, and an author. And like Jack Kerouac, he was also a forest ranger. He has written for the New York Times, L.A. Times, Chicago Tribune, Boston Globe, Sports Illustrated, and more. I've been following uh, his work on Esquire.com for a couple of years. In my eyes and ears and mind, he's a cross between Mark Twain, David Carr, and Hunter Thompson, minus the Class A narcotics, although he just was at the dentist yesterday, so I can't vouch for that. Charles Pierce, thanks for being on the Ball of Power Radio Wall. Hey, Paul, it's great to be here. Hello to all my friends in the Upper Midwest. Oh, yeah. Well, you uh, you went to Marquette University. I did, and I explored the Upper Midwest, and then my second, I mean, I mean it, it is one of my favorite places in the world. The Great Lakes are, are a natural wonder, uh, which is why I, I do a lot of, a lot of my blogging is, is about threats to the Great Lakes, both from energy, you know, exploration and from, you know, naturally invasive species. So, yes, I am a very big fan of, of Minnesota, Wisconsin, Michigan, that whole area. And, uh... We found because we, we were kind of email buddies. You're also a big fan of Green Belt beer. Yeah, yeah. Well, I remember. I mean, when I when I went to school, which was the the early to mid seventies, there were all these local breweries. There were five operating independently owned breweries in Milwaukee at that point. Mm-hmm. Uh, Schlitz, Miller, Pabst, Blatt, and I can fifth one I can never remember. And there were you know there was also there was Hams, there was Stroh's in Michigan, there was Grain Belt. Uh, you know, and now they're, I mean, they're all owned, they're all owned by Belgian conglomerates now. Right, right. Was there Pfeiffer? You remember Pfeiffer? Pfeiffer, I do not remember, but I remember <laughs> Point. Oh, yeah, and well. I remember, and I remember Leinenkugel makes a great lager beer, just a straight lager beer, which you can't find anywhere except in certain areas in Wisconsin, but they're selling their craft beers all over America. Well, you know, in the early 80s, Leinenkugel was considered an imported beer. Uh, it was very popular in a club I played called the 400 bar on the West Bank where other such luminaries as Willie Murphy, Kerner Rank, Glover played. Uh, was just a beautiful uh, corner bar, but Leinenkugel was the beer on tap, and I remember Robert Christow came to town in 84 to check out uh, the replacements, and uh, we shipped a case of Leinenkugel's back with him to New York City. So. Oh, I'm telling you, that would, that, that's, a, that's a hell of a going away present. <laughs> I remember, hey, I'm going to remember when Tony Glover used to review records for Rolling Stone. Oh my God, yeah, and he... Um, of course, did that great uh, How to Play Harmonica book on Oak. And uh, it's actually, uh, I just uh, interviewed uh, Charlie McGuire and Pop Wagner, two great uh, folk singers that are going to be playing with Tony Glover uh, this uh, this coming week uh, at, a, at a lounge doing the seventh, 75th anniversary of Woody Guthrie's Bound for Glory with songs ah. and stories. Yeah, so Tony's still around. And, uh, well, have you ever been to Minneapolis, Charlie? Oh sure, absolutely. Okay, what do you do? When you know, you know, back in the sports writing days, I was there a lot. Sure. Now, so uh, that and, and St. Paul, for that matter. So, who were you covering sports wise up here? Oh, I mean, when the Red Sox would go play the Twins, I'd, and I was writing sports columns at, at the Boston Herald, I'd go out with them for two or three days. Mm-hmm. Uh, I made a bunch of visits when I was in college. Uh, like I said, we drove all you know, for our friends of mine and I drove all over the Midwest. Did you, did you, you know, all the old towns in Wisconsin. Yeah. Hayward, Wisconsin. Hayward, Wisconsin, home of the International Lumberjack Championship. Oh, heck yeah. And it's also <laughs> got, I, I, I also believe in Hayward, they have the uh, uh, the National Museum for the Muskie. That's right. The National Freshwater Fishing Hall of Fame. <laughs> That's right. Which, for a while, was shaped like a muskie. Yeah, right, right. But was, now they have an actual building, which is kind of like, it's kind of sad for me. <laughs> but uh, you used to be able to walk up into the muskie's mouth. And get your picture taken. And they had like they had like like you know guardrails in the muskie's mouth so you wouldn't fall out. And it looked like the muskie was wearing braces. <laughs> and the great thing about Hayward though is, you know, if you if, if you own a bar up there and you catch a big muskie, you put it behind glass behind the bar like Lennon. You know, <laughs> I went into this I went into this one fisherman bar up there a long time ago, and there was this giant muskie behind glass the guy had stuffed it preserved it or whatever i think it was his grand i think his grandfather caught it actually <laughs> well the beautiful thing about uh uh where i'm from the iron range i live in northeast minneapolis and wisconsin and most of those small towns it's it's bar bar church bar church bar bar church church bar 
Hockey rink. Yeah, and hockey rink. Barbara yeah. Church hockey rink. <laughs> yeah. Well, Charlie, I'm uh, near. One show is not going to do it with you. Like I said, we're going to do checking yeah. with Charlie once a month because uh, you uh, are so on top of the political scene. And uh, I read you every day. I mean, you blog sometimes two or three times a day. Um, well, it's a target-rich environment these days, you know. Oh, my. Tell me about it. You, it, can't, you can't take five minutes off. Oh, no doubt. Well, and if anybody's out there, I, I follow Charlie on Twitter and a bunch of other folks. Charlie's at Charles P. Pierce, P-I-E-R-C-E. Uh, at Twitter, I highly suggest you follow him. What I like about you, Charlie, you kind of get to the uh, uh, to what's happening with with the matter, but you do it with a certain sense of humor, so you don't want to put a gun to your head by, by the end of when you're reading one of your blogs. Well, no, I mean, I mean, I, you know, all of my I, I'm a, a product of what used to be called the alternative press. Mm-hmm. That's where I learned my chops at the Boston Phoenix, and then I moved on. To work at the Boston Herald, which is a Rupert Murdoch tabloid. Wow! So the renegade side of the business is pretty much where I learned my trade. Well, and of course, you know, I mean, you're, you know, I was influenced by the what they called the new journalism in the 1970s, right? Uh, well, which included Hunter, obviously, and everyone else. Uh, but you know, I, I you know, basically, I, I as my, I don't know, as my blogging avatars, I take most of you know, I take as most of the troublemakers in the history of my profession. Right. Well, you know, Ida B. Wells, they're trying to raise, this is something that your listeners should know about. They're trying to raise money to put up a statue to Ida B. Wells, the great African-American journalist who did so much work on lynching. Hmm. And I think it's the 100th year of her, I think it's it's her 100th, you know, 100th year of her birth this year. And some folks are trying to put up a statue to her. So you should go online and check that out. And what's what's the name again? And how's the, oh. Ida, Ida B. Wells. Okay. Ida Barnett Wells. She was an African American woman who who wrote. She lived. She lived in Chicago. She originally lived in Memphis, and uh, she wrote. Uh, I think she wrote. I, I, and honestly, because I don't have my my research in front of me, I don't know. I think she wrote for the Nation actually. Back, hmm. You know, you know, the Nation's been around since eighteen fifty seven. Right. So I think she wrote for the Nation. But basically, she was the only journalist in America who was actually covering lynching. Wow. Well, I just saw an interesting thing on Twitter the other day. Somebody posted a, a photo of a woman who predated Rosa Parks by about 10 years. She was a black woman that uh, the cops came on the bus to ask her to get off, and she ripped up the citation and kicked the cop, the cop in the nuts. Oh, well, well that's certainly what, that's what Dr. King might not have approved. But <laughs> Anyway, uh, we're running down. we just got a few sure. minutes left in, in this first um, in this first uh, episode of Four on the Wall of Power Radio. My guest, uh, Charlie Pierce, uh, from Massachusetts, Charlie. Um, it, you know this—the whole Russian thing—it gets curiouser and curiouser. I read your article today online. When are we going to impeach this SLB? Well, you, got, you need you know you need two thirds of the House, and you're not you're never going to get that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, I mean, if, if you flip the House, maybe, but that's November. And I'm not entirely sure we can wait that long. I've been banging the drum for. All they need with, you know, obviously John McCain is not going to be functioning as a senator. Uh, you know, he's fighting for his life down in Arizona, although he's tweeting his, you know, his disapproval as much as he can. You got Jeff Flake and you got Bob Corker, neither of whom, by the way, are running for re-election. Right. They're out. Nothing can be done to them. Mm-hmm. If those two were to go to Chuck Schumer and say, we will caucus with you until things stop being insane, that's the end. Mitch McConnell has no power. Right, right. Because he doesn't have a majority anymore. So you and are... then maybe you can get things done. That's the the only constitutional way I can see to put the brakes on prior to the midterms. Right. Well, would it, be that, and they won't do it, and I, I have no idea why. Well, not and, a clue. And and Flake is such a wishy washy. Well, that's the thing. too, you know. I mean, we've got a, we've got a, we've got a lot of you know what Casey Stengel used to call whiskey courage out of these guys. <laughs> I you know, mean, I know I mean, what that is. Or, by I, the way, I guess in the modern era, it's Twitter courage, right? Well, and that's this whole this whole you know um, the whole government now is run by tweets. For God's sakes, I remember <laughs> when when the Senate used to be they used to consider it the world's greatest deliberative body. When's the last sure. time they debated anything in the Senate? For God's sakes. And, and, and the debate was unlimited. Yeah. Uh, you know, that was the thing about the Senate. I mean, then they, you know, obviously, through the years, that's, you know, that's been cut back until it's, now it's really gone entirely. But, you know, I, you know, it, the power, you know, 
in a leg- in a legis- in a legislature, the power is not necessarily with the majority. Mm-hmm. The power is with who controls the balance. Right. If you've got enough votes that they have to come treat with you for everything, then you've got the power. Hmm. And you know, right now, the only way for 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 I would say rational, sane people to get because the house is hopeless. The house is the mm-hmm. house is the you know it's Monkey Island at this point. <laughs> to borrow an album title from the great Jack Allen band, and my uh, but, one, but, of, the, one uh, of the greatest bands ever out of Boston. No question. Yeah. Uh, and um, you know they, they're hopeless. They're, nothing's going to happen in the house until November. But the Senate can stop things. And if you can get two Dem- two Republicans to cross the aisle and say, "Look, we, you know we're not Democrats. We're not going to change parties." But we're going to vote with you guys until things get under control. Then everything stops. Kavanaugh, Supreme Court nomination stops. Uh, you know, appropriation or uh, you know bills. You know, funding the government. You know, that's at risk. And basically, what that means is, well, as I said before, Mitch Con- Mitch McConnell has no power. You know, Charlie. Let's uh, continue this the number one source of the Twin Cities gay scene is all digital. Follow Twin Cities Gay Scene on Facebook and Twitter. Sign up for the Scene Shot email blast for weekly updates and chances to win great prizes. No app is needed to view the bi-weekly web editions of Scene. It's GLBTQ Media for the mobile generation. Find it all at TwinCitiesGayScene.com. That's TwinCitiesGayScene.com. This is New Beginnings, hosted by award-winning broadcaster and speaker, Freddie Bell. Freddie, this generation of the baby boomers, people are living longer, so the baby boomers are taking care of elderly parents. Let's talk about your health, and specifically, let's talk about Medicare. Our show features the concerns of America's 78 million baby boomers in employment, finance, health and nutrition, and even entertainment. Catch New Beginnings with Freddie Bell, Saturdays at 11 on AM 950, the progressive voice of Minnesota. Northeast Minneapolis is known for its creativity, and you'll know exactly why when you eat at Hazel's Northeast. Their creatively prepared comfort food will have you coming back week after week. Breakfasts like biscuits and gravy, granola pancakes, and brisket hash. For lunch, homemade soup, and one of the best Rubens in town. And don't miss the daily risotto or Chef Ali's ever-changing dinner specials. Come on in. Bring the whole family. Hazel's Northeast delivers real good food. Family owned at 29th and Johnson in Minneapolis. There's no question you need omega-3s. But which form should you take? Fish oil or krill oil? Scientists have debated this for years. Luckily, there's a new solution to satisfy everyone. It's called Krill Omega 50+. It combines ultra-pure fish oil and joint-soothing krill oil together in just one tiny pill. It's so powerful, it can promote the health of your heart and your arteries. And if that wasn't enough, it can also boost your joint comfort in just days. We're so sure Krill Omega 50 Plus will work for you. We'll even send you a free bottle to put to the test. The debate is over. It's not fish oil or krill oil. It's both. And now it's free. Just pay $4.95 for shipping and claim your free bottle. Call now. 1-800-647-1579. 1-800-647-1579. That's 1-800-647-1579. Hi, I'm Scott Peterson with the Minnesota News Network, inviting you to join us for Minnesota Matters, a weekly program covering everything that matters in the North Star State. This week, the latest from the state capitol, adult smoking rates holding steady statewide, and an in-depth look at cancer and its impact on Minnesota. Tune us in right here or at minnesotanewsnetwork.com. Listen to Minnesota Matters every weekend, Saturday mornings at 5.30 and Sunday mornings at 6.30 on AM 950, the progressive voice of Minnesota. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to the Wall of Power Radio Hour. We have just a great guest uh, tonight, Charles Pierce from Massachusetts, a blogger, writer, just all-around cool liberal cat. Uh, this is your host, Paul Metzler. Charlie, let's talk a little bit about, uh, so you talked about uh, growing up writing for the uh, Boston Phoenix, a great uh, alternative weekly, which I believe is not there anymore. 
Nope, it it, uh, it folded in March of 2013. Wow, and then this year we saw the demise of the Village Voice. Sure, I mean, it, 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 no no form of, of print media has been hit harder by the changes in the industry than the, than the alt press. Hmm. You know, and, and, and basically it's moved to the net. Right. I mean, the same spirit, the same, you know, the same attitude, the same ability to write with voice has moved pretty much completely to the Internet now. Who, who would, if you would give us, uh, you know, two, three, or four examples of people uh, in my listening audience and myself that should read on the net, who would those be? Well, uh, I mean, you know, I, among the aggre- among the aggregator sites, the you know, the you know, the, the first you know couple, I always I always go to Talking Points uh, memo, Josh, Josh Marshall site. Sure, I, uh, I do. Uh, you know, I go. You know, I, I, I bang around a bunch of liberal sites. I, no More Mr. Nice blog is a really nice, well-done individual blog, uh, which also has an alphabetized blog role, which I love. Uh, certainly Lawyers, Guns, and Money is at the top of my list. Hmm. Uh, they've got great historians working there, uh, you know, military historians, regular historians. Scott Lemieux is a terrific legal correspondent. And then basically I seek out bylines. You know, Dahlia Lithwick at Slate is a mm-hmm. is, is a must is a must read. Uh, you know, and and you know, I, I, I'm a little bit, I'm choking a little bit now because there are so many of them. But uh, I think you know the New York Magazine Daily Intelligencer does a great job. Jonathan Chait, Ned Kilgore. Uh, you know, and for for humor, I mean, if you can find T Bog anymore, go find him. Walk that certainly is you know you know lights up my day. Right. Uh, so I mean, I mean, you you could develop your own kind of community of interest on the web if you do it right. Mm-hmm. And just like any you know any form of written communication, if you do it right, it works really well. If you do it badly, it works badly. Well, you know, it's funny. Um, I, you know, for years you'd see you'd see the millennials walking around with their phones, and I was poo pooed that. Now that I've turned into one of those guys that. Uh, <laughs> Checking out Twitter at every coffee stop and, and uh, bar and shot uh, saloon I stop into. Um, uh, I've, uh, number one, I feel a tad guilty, but on the other hand, the amount of information you can glean quickly. Like I love Amy Siskind. She, you know, oh yeah, she follows. You know, she she puts up the uh, you know fifteen things that Trump lied about today, and she's got right. she got a list. But the other guy who I really love, and uh, I've seen you appear, uh, I don't know if I've seen you appear together, I imagine you have, would be a GOP strategist uh, Rick Wilson. Yeah, I know Rick. We've never done anything, you know, together, but I, I, Rick and I were, were together at the uh, Texas Tribune uh, Festival last uh, fall. He was doing a panel and I was doing a panel, and we sat around after the panel and chatted. I like Rick a lot. I mean, I like American politics to get back on balance so I could go back to hating Rick again. <laughs> Not right now. You sort of have to hang with this guy. Yeah, right. Well, and uh, I, you know, I, I have a firm disagreement with his with his uh, gun gun philosophy. But uh, that being said, he's pretty on the money these days. Well, you play you've played a lot of clubs, I'm sure, where it's pretty good not to have guns. <laughs> well, it's pretty good not to let the Patriots. Go. What was what was what what, what was Levon Helm once had a great. Description of the clubs they used to play with Ronnie Hawkins. He said you had to puke twice and show somebody you're nice before they let you in. <laughs> well, and then you, of course, in the last walls, uh, yeah. Robbie Robson talks about uh, playing a club in Dallas that was run by none other than, none other than Jack Ruby. Well, about whom I understand a certain prominent Midwest folk singer has written a terrific song. <laughs> Jack Ruby, Jack Ruby, with a Panama cap. hat. Whoever taught you to shoot a pistol like that, you snuck in the basement, you stood in the back, Jack Ruby, Jack Ruby in the cabin of the hat. I will, you know how I wrote that tune, Charlie? I was, um, I was about to ask, how did you have, I think it may be, you know, I, when, when I listened to, to, to uh, Harry Smith's, coll- you know, the, the right, Harry sure. Smith collection of American folk music, you know, they had guys writing folk songs about Charles Gateau, <laughs> one of the most obscure assassins in the world history. Right. So I had to ask. I said, this isn't that spirit. How the hell did you decide to write a song about Jack Ruby? Well, you know, I was seven years old when I saw, uh, went through the JFK assassination, and I was actually watching them lead Oswald down into the basement at the... I, 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 saw, it, I saw it on live TV, too. It was amazing. It was really the first reality TV show. Yeah, it was the, also the first major television event. Yeah, and so, of course, that that was the first time that uh, 
in my Iron Range uh, white middle class family that uh, the whole concept of evil entered. Um, mm-hmm. So we were, you know, very aware of there's this, as a young kid, that there's this whole other world that your mom and dad didn't necessarily tell you about because you didn't need to know then. But I always thought uh, over the years that Jack Ruby had a real poetic sound to it. His real name, of course, was Jack Rubenstein. So I had. Oh yeah, I, yeah. I understand. For me, I understand completely. Yeah. Yeah. So I, uh, I've collected. Geez, I have you know twenty books uh, on it. I've been to Dealey Plaza twice. I've been behind the grassy knoll, and, and to the right of the grassy knoll, if you go down, you can see a little entryway into. It will take you to the bottom of the street. Underneath, where some theories say uh, the gunmen at the grassy knoll exited through yeah. and and by so and you can really feel the vibe and and the sixth floor museum at the texas book depository i highly recommend yeah. everybody i remember the, the very first time i ever saw it i went to dallas for uh, a basketball game and i stayed at the marriott right down by what used to be reunion arena i don't think reunion arena is there anymore and i, I got in at like 10 o'clock at night so i went right to bed and and i closed the blinds and i went to bed i didn't have to go do anything till the game the following night, and I woke up in the morning, and I ordered my breakfast and room service, and I opened the curtains, and there it was. Dealey Plaza was right in front of me. Wow. And it looked exactly like it always looked. Right, right. And that, that is just imprinted in all of our all of our minds. I was just down in Memphis at the Lorraine Motel, the Civil Rights Museum. Oh, they've done a great job down there, haven't oh, they? Oh, it's phenomenal. It's very, you know, I, I was there for four hours. I could have been there all day. But to get back, uh, before we end the second episode here with sure. Charlie Pierce, the wall of power where you are, what really spurred me to write Jack Ruby, I always knew there was a song there. And, uh, you know, I grew up uh, with the, uh, uh, you know, listen to Pete Seeger and what he got through and Bob Dylan. Yeah. And, and I love, you know, John Hardy and all those old outlaw tunes. But I was reading the newspaper and Jack Ruby's, brother was selling some of Jack Ruby's artifacts to pay off a tax lien, including his Kavanaugh hat. And boom, really? Yeah. And boom. The hat he was wearing that day? Yeah. And, wow. Uh, and so, boom, it just came. I mean, it was one of those lines that sure. just was given to you by, by the pop, yeah, by... By the muse. By the muse, yes, by the muse. <laughs> so so that's how that... Uh, and I so I put all, all my books uh, on the floor and... Uh, Took me. I stayed up all night long, and I wrote it. I had one line left. I called my good friend David Carr in the morning. He said, um, uh, "David, I need a, a phrase here in this line." And, and uh, top of my head, I can't remember. He said, "Stock and trade." So, anyway, a little bit of the great David Carr's in that song. Yeah, I, I, he's one I never met. I'm really, I'm very sorry I never did. Oh. I could tell you stories about Oh, a lot of people have, believe me. <laughs> I'm on page five of this book, Night of the Gun. We'll leave it right there, Charlie. we got Charlie Pierce on. We'll be uh, back with him and uh, for the rest of the show on The Wall of Power. Not all poor men are honest, not all rich men are thieves. But the rich man owns the orchard, you know the poor man raised the leaves. And as the world goes around, said all I want to ask is, if the rich man owns the land, why must the poor man pay the taxes? Um, hello? If your taxes from years past are talking to you from the back of that drawer in your desk, it might be about time you answered the call by making a call to Moe's Tax Service in St. Paul. Time to come out now. They've been preparing tax returns and creating advisory-based relationships with their clients since 1971. Kind of stuffy in here. Problems with the IRS don't go away by ignoring them. Call Moe's Tax Service. That's M-O-H-S. They're on Ford Parkway in St. Paul. 612-721-2026. 721-2026. Next time on Philosophy Talk, affirmative action. Too little or too much? Affirmative action breaks down structures of white privilege. Sowing backlash and resentment in the process. We can't let a little resentment close the doors of opportunity. Affirmative action may open doors for some, but it slams them shut for others. Affirmative action. Too little or too much? Next time on Philosophy Talk. Philosophy Talk, every Sunday at 8 a.m. and again at 2 p.m. on AM 950. 
Tom Harbin here letting you know how you can go solar with all energy solar, even way up north in Minnesota. Lots of people ask them, isn't Minnesota too cloudy for solar? No. The truth? For one thing, Minneapolis gets nearly as much sun each year as Houston, Texas. But it isn't just about how much sun you get. It's also about having access to great local incentive programs that make solar affordable. Learn what your options are to save with solar and visit allenergysolar.com today. Hey, it's Hunter from the brand new 4 o'clock program, the Minnesota Progressive Repartee. And if there's one thing y'all know that I always look forward to, it's a good party. And I couldn't be more excited for the 2019 Blue State Ball. Finally, a chance to celebrate the work we did destroying Trump and the Republicans and keeping Minnesota the true blue state. But come celebrate our victory with fellow progressives, radio hosts, and politicians at the 2019 Blue State Ball, Saturday, March 2nd at the Blaisdell in Minneapolis. Tickets available now at am950radio.com. The number one source of the Twin Cities Gay Scene is all digital. Follow Twin Cities Gay Scene on Facebook and Twitter. Sign up for the Scene Shot email blast for weekly updates and chances to win great prizes. No app is needed to view the bi-weekly web editions of Scene. It's GLBTQ Media for the mobile generation. Find it all at TwinCitiesGayScene.com. That's TwinCitiesGayScene.com. Connections Radio Show is all about tapping into our hardwired hunger to connect. We examine meaningful connections to ourselves, our community, and the world around us by opening the door to innovative insights by a wide variety of interesting guests. We'll make the connections to something bigger than ourselves. Join me, Lori Fitz, your host of Connections Radio Show, and together we'll make the connections. Saturday mornings at 9 a.m. on AM 950, the progressive voice of Minnesota. With your AM 950 weather, I'm Sam Turnberg. Tonight is partly cloudy with a low around negative 9. Tomorrow, mostly cloudy with a high near 7. Monday, mostly cloudy with a high near 10. Tuesday, partly sunny with a high near negative 7. And Wednesday, partly sunny with a high near negative 12. Moe's Tax Service has been working for you, not the IRS, since 1971. They're located in Highland Park in St. Paul and are one of the largest sites that electronically files taxes in the country. Call 612-721-2026 or visit moestax.com. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to the Wall of Power Radio Hour. This is your host, Paul Messon. I'm having a delightful discussion uh, with Charlie Pierce, uh, writer and blogger and liberal pundit. You've probably seen him on CNN, maybe MSNBC. Charlie, they haven't asked you on Fox yet, have they? No, they haven't, actually. As a former Murdoch employee, uh, you know, <laughs> I feel kind of broken up about that. You should have it in there somehow. <laughs> Hey, have you ever hung out personally with Rachel Maddow? Because I heard she's a supreme mixologist. She loves her classic cocktail. Uh, yeah, not, not, I haven't hung out in that uh, capacity. When I when I published Idiot America, uh, I was on. I, she was the first interview I did on TV. Oh, really? And then she, she was she was in town the night that Scott Brown won the Senate seat, broadcasting from Doyle's, the you know Irish American political theme park bar in Jamaica Plain. <laughs> Which is not far from where I used to live. Playgirls and man, the year was I hung out with her and the crew, but uh, she wasn't mixing anything that night. <laughs> but she is, she is one of those cocktail people. Yes, yeah, as near as I can tell. Now, doesn't she live in Massachusetts as well? She lives out the Berkshires. Yeah, yeah. Uh, out, I don't know the name of the town. There's dozens of small towns out there, uh, but she lives up, you know, with her 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 partner, and apparently she does a lot of fishing. Actually, hmm. Did she uh, get her to Hayward? Have her go for Muskie. Yeah, right, right. We'll bring her in for the, the Muskie tournament. You and, you and Rachel. We could do a live remote. The three of us, exactly. Wouldn't that be a ball? And, uh, Charlie, when did uh, you really start getting interested in writing? Sixth grade. Okay. Uh, it, it's funny. I was I was at a, a writer's thing, and there were five of us on the panel, and three of us mentioned that we were in fifth, sixth grade when some teacher told us, that they liked something we written. It was the first kind of adult phrase you got from someone outside your family. In my case, it was Sister Marie DePaul okay. in uh, sixth grade at, at St. Peter's School in Worcester. And that's what I wanted to do. I wanted, you know, that, I didn't know how or what field or where I wanted to go, but that's basically what I wanted to do. And then, you know, you get, you know, informed by what you read as you grow up. Right. And you develop a voice out of that. And 
in my case, was also helped along by the writing of people like, you know, your friend Mr. Dillon and Pete Townsend. Right. Well, you know, it's funny, and I, I can't remember the exact timeline, but uh, uh, when I had, um, when I was thinking about writing a book, I think it was, boy, eight years ago now, 2010, I met this guy actually online who had written something about Dillon, uh, and I got a hold of him. He was a writer and an agent. Uh, huh? and I sent him some stuff. Uh, his name will come to me soon. But I sent him some stuff because I had a you know stack of stuff in drawers because I write prose, poetry, songs, and uh, usually all after midnight. Uh, so some I can actually understand my handwriting in the morning. Some I can't. A lot of bar napkin uh, ideas as well, uh, which I'm sure you've experienced that. When the muse strikes, you just write it down. Yeah, you you got to have something to write down, absolutely. Yeah, so anyway, so I sent him some stuff. I said, hey, I've got a uh, drawer full of writings. I said, can I send you some stuff? And could you give me an objective view on, uh, you know, on, on following this writing and the stories? And he read it and got back to me and said, I think you've got the beginning of a book. Uh, so I cut a deal with him. I needed it, it was a fair deal. It was 1500 bucks. 500 a month, he'd help me edit it and then pitch it, and if he got me a deal, he wouldn't take a commission, but of course wanted to keep help editing it. So I needed my first 500, and I had this uh, guitar, this Blue Ridge guitar, made in Korea Beautiful, kind of a J45, and I put it up on Facebook, and a fellow by the name of Gary Popovich uh, ended up <laughs> buying the guitar. Right, and I didn't even know Gary. Somehow we just happened. We had a mutual Facebook friend, so we had a Facebook friend. So then we, I sent him the guitar. He sent me the five hundred. So that was the beginning of uh, Blue Guitar Highway. And then at some point, um, I don't know if I brought you up or if he brought you up. And Popovich, pops as we call him, so Charles Pierce used to be my roommate in college. That's right. At uh, on Twenty Fourth in Wisconsin. Wow, small world. And then we were. Kind of a Twitter. Ask him to, next time you talk to him, ask him to ask him to tell you about tonight the hooker who lived next door set her apartment on fire. <laughs> Which I think is the title of my next song, by the way. Um, <laughs> boy, that's got a nice ring to it. Yeah, so it was funny because we were uh, twittering back and forth. You know how Twitter Gary, is. Gary can pick a little bit too. Buddy. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. He uh, he actually came out. He was in uh, Minneapolis on business about three years ago. He came and stayed with me and my gal. And so we picked a little bit. Yeah, he's a very, uh, uh, not only a great guy, but uh, a wonderful musician and a musicologist as well. So he had and, great... and I didn't realize this at the time we were living together, or, or I mean, I didn't realize this until very recently, a golf nut. Oh, yeah, he's insane. And a very good player. Yeah, he's insane. Yeah, and he, and, he, and, um, and I guess his gal is, is quite a golfer too. Yes, they, they play, yeah. Uh, I met her uh well, it was Cotton Bowl a couple years ago. Charlie, and, uh, I, Charlie, I don't. Yeah, I mean, he, yeah, uh, he's he's quite a guy. And the, the accidental, you know, it's one of the uh, one of the good things about the internet culture, I guess. Yeah, is well, that like you two people like you and Pop can get together and then wind up talking about me. Yeah, and then too, and then you had um, uh, 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 I'm forgetting her first name, a Peplin Jack from Virginia, Minnesota. You knew anime too. Pup, anime pup, Peplin Jack, yeah. uh, an attorney at law in Milwaukee. Yeah, she. Um, She's from Virginia. Yeah, and she, I believe, her brother Jim was also a very good labor attorney. He passed away. Jesus, for his heart attack. Yeah, there's they, a there's a bakery in her background somewhere too. Peplin right? Jack's Bakery. It's still there. They've got the best Phil Long John in town and a sloppy Joe to die for. I go there every time I'm back in Virginia, um, on my main street in Virginia, Minnesota. Town of about seventy five hundred now. When I graduated from high school in seventy four, uh, God saw fit to drop the drinking age to eighteen years old, and we were able to enjoy on that five block main drag, which is Chestnut Street, which is why I like to play freight train. Bearing uh, <laughs> my heart down on Chestnut Street was there was Charlie, and we got to bring you and Popovich up to the end range. At the time in seventy four, there was twenty two bars in five blocks. That sounds that sounds about like the about like the Milwaukee of my college days. Yeah, I remember I took a buddy up when I first moved to Minneapolis. I took him up to the range, and so there was two of my buddies from the range and myself and my Minneapolis pal, and and uh, he orders a round. I don't know. Let's pretend we're drinking rum and cokes. He orders four rum and cokes, and um, uh, 
waitress comes back and said, that'll be four fifty. And he said, no, I wanted to buy the round. I want to buy all of us. <laughs> she said, you just did. I, yeah, that's, that's, uh, I, I, I tell the story all the time. The very first time I went to a Milwaukee Brewers game my freshman year in college, uh, I sat in the bleachers. The Brewers were terrible, so there were plenty of seats available. So I sat down, and a guy came over with a, a, a wooden, like one of those old wooden milk crates, and it was filled with crushed ice, and the, you could only see the tops of the beer bottles. <laughs> and he, he asked me a question I was never asked at a ballpark before. How many do you need? <laughs> Well, I, I remember. Said, well, we're not in Fenway anymore. Right, right. Well, I remember Superior, Wisconsin, which we lovingly refer to as Soup Down. We drove down. Uh, buddy had a uh, this is good, maybe seventy two. We drove down because we heard that uh, they had a pretty lax drinking regulations at the bar in Superior. So I went to a place called uh, Tommy Burns's Bar. I remember uh, beers were a quarter, shots were fifty cents. And I had my grandpa owned a bar, but of course I'd never drank at a bar. I, I didn't really even drink that much at all. I was more of a uh, I liked the the herbal side of uh, mood <laughs> elevation at the time. Still do to a certain extent. But anyway, so I went up to the bar, and it was about ten in the morning, and there was you know four of us, and uh, uh, the bartender came up, an old old uh, older gentleman and said, "What do you have?" I said, oh, "You know, I'm thinking about. I've seen this in cowboy movies, right?" I said, "I'll have a beer." He goes, let's try that again. (laughs) So I look to the guy next to me, and I go, I'll have a Budweiser. And he goes, that's better. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Well, we could talk about all kinds of things. Uh, Before I forget, I want to give you an invitation to come to Minneapolis, then we're going to hike up to the Iron Range. Oh, Uh, man, I'd love it. We'll we'll Uh, we'll, 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 we also got to keep... we got to keep the energy the energy industry's hands off the boundary waters. Oh yeah, absolutely. Well, of course, you know I, as you know, I had Richard Painter who's running for um, yeah for Al Franken seat, and he is on fire on that issue because all those both the Chilean um, uh, company that, mining. Yeah, yeah that wants to go into the boundary waters, and then there's another company that wants to do it's called Paul. There's two two issues. Pauline Met, which is just a little bit uh, east of my hometown, and then right by the boundary waters, which is Twin Metals. Uh, the Twin Metals group is owned out of Chile, uh, right. and, and the guy that runs that company is also Ivanka Trump's landlord. Landlord, that's right. Yeah. I've written about. I've written about. It's a horrible company too, by the way. They're 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 you know mines and 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 operations in Chile are just. Dreadful, yeah. absolutely dreadful. And then the, uh, the the people that are running the polymet operation, number one, it's that Oleg, whatever the guy we've been reading about, the Russian oligarch, and they yeah. did. And one of the the main guys, how's his name, Tony something rather, he ran the BP operation that blew up in the Gulf. Well, it's naturally, he's been promoted. I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> so these are the folks that are. But you know, the problem is, and I get it, man. I I grew up. I'm a Iron Range Prairie Populist, longtime DFLer. Yeah. I, I did vote for uh, Jesse Ventura, played it as inaugural, and I also voted for Arnie Carlson, who is a uh, great Republican. I remember Arnie. Yeah. In fact, I, cover, I wrote about Jesse's inaugural for Esquire. Oh, man. Did, I uh, spent the first week in office with him. Oh, incredible. I, I put together a meeting. I was trying to get Farm Aid here in 99. Willie Nelson, Jesse Ventura, myself, and a promoter. And uh, so... Willie is, is pitching his deal about the full parity for the farmers, and uh, Jesse's got his deal, limited government, blah, blah, blah. And at some point, now Willie drove down, I set it up, Willie was playing up at a casino up in Hinkley about an hour and a half north of Minneapolis. He drove all the way down in his bus to meet Jesse, and Jesse goes, you know, Willie, when, I, uh, <clears throat> when I'm out in the barn with the horses, it's Willie Nelson all day long, but when I go back inside, it's exactly it's like only in america right and then and then his and then his wife terry came in with a bunch of swag from the state fair and kind of smoothed everything over we didn't get to farm aid there but i was able to uh hang out with willie and his bus and you know where that one went well i can imagine i can imagine the herbal side of life was very vigorously (laughs) pursued 
uh, smoke me up, uh, roll me up and smoke me when I die. I bet Charlie Pearson, we're going to have him for uh, one more second on the wall of power video. I'm just having a delight here. So we'll just to see you guys in a little bit. This is Charlie. Dad, do I have to say this next line? Do you want to sleep inside tonight? My dad is beloved, world-famous radio broadcaster Matt McNeil. Perfect! Anyway, my mom and dad want me safe when I'm driving in winter weather. That's why the vehicle they trust is the Toyota Sienna, and the dealership they trust is Rudy Luther Toyota. They keep me safe. With my son driving this winter, I trust Rudy Luther, and you can too. Stop in today and become a Rudy Luther Toyota family. The southeast corner of 394 and 169 in Golden Valley. Enjoy a delicious home-cooked breakfast or lunch away from the kitchen at Milda's Cafe, now open seven days a week. Milda's Cafe has been cooking up family favorites since 1964. Grab a coffee and sit down for a delicious Philly scramble, house-made rolls, or Denver omelet. Stop in for lunch where you'll find authentic Finnish pasties every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Open weekdays 6 to 3, weekends 8 to 2. Milda's Cafe on Glenwood Avenue, four blocks east of Penn. Native Ritz Radio is proud to announce we've added an extra hour. Yeah, Chuchke, one hour goes by too fast. That's right, Uncle Curtis. I'll have extra time to share important information about our sacred animals. And report national and native news from all over the country and Canada. This new hour is sponsored by Robbins Kaplan, LLP, rewriting the odds for their clients for over 80 years. We are awake. The number one source of the Twin Cities gay scene is all digital. Follow Twin Cities gay scene on Facebook and Twitter. Sign up for the Scene Shot email blast for weekly updates and chances to win great prizes. No app is needed to view the bi-weekly web editions of Scene. It's GLBTQ media for the mobile generation. Find it all at TwinCitiesGayScene.com. That's TwinCitiesGayScene.com. Crazy about pets? We are too. The Pet Connection Show is a great venue for fun, informative, and creative conversations about pets. Join myself, Kathy Menard, and Dr. Nicole Parole, along with guests who are leaders in the dynamic and growing pet industry, as we discuss healthcare, relationships, behaviors, and even political issues as they relate to our pets. So come, sit, stay for the Pet Connection Show, Sundays 11 a.m. to noon on AM 950 Radio, the progressive voice of Minnesota. Yay, you survived the holidays. Now what about cleaning up that holiday mess? My friends, it's time you learn my holiday hangover secret. It's Zero Res. Fortunately for you, right now is the best time of the year to call Zero Res. Get three rooms clean starting at just 119 bucks. And this month only get a hallway clean for free with their three-room special. Call 952-ZERO-RES or book online anytime at ZeroResMinnesota.com. Spell it backward or forward. It spells the same. Zero Res. Welcome back to All Power Radio. Welcome to the fourth episode. This is your host, Paul Nelson. I'm having a ball talking to my, uh, my buddy, Charlie Pierce, on the other end. He was beautiful and several talking about the million movies to be And I just want to, what I wanted to get to was, I get it. Uh, number one, uh, you know, I'm a, what they call up there, a tree hugger, and now I'm a 612-er as opposed to two one eighter, which is the area codes. Um, <laughs> But it's such a short term. I mean, these my, either of these mines, it's, it's it's twenty year tops, and at some point they're going to bring in the robots. In the meantime, we're sitting in uh, from Lake Superior North. We're sitting on twenty percent of the world's fresh water, 
And the next big fight after oil, Charlene, I'm sure you can tell us more about this, is going to be water rights and water issues. Sure. I mean, the, the wars over water are already starting. Right. Uh, you know, you got, you got privatization of, of water here in the United States, but obviously more extensively in the third, in what we used to call the third world countries. Uh, yeah, that's going to be the next one because the, because we can find a way to get energy without oil. We can't find a way to, to survive without water. Right. Right. With the, with the population exploding, climate change, uh, it's one of the, one of the reasons why I'm never going to move out of Minnesota is I'm a, Double Scorpio, a water sign. Plus, I hate those mistakes. But anyway, Charlie, let's. Uh, <laughs> we just have. I'm a, not real fond of them myself. No, no to be no, perfectly no. honest with you. <laughs> so, I'm a tree hugger, but I'm not a viper hugger. Yeah, there you go. So there is now. Uh, I, I mean, I think pretty much of us realize that uh, uh, Trump is is completely owned to. For, for whatever reasons, it's certainly owned uh, by uh, Putin and his cronies. But now you're starting to see the the uh, influence of the Russian money and the NRA and then all the Republicans, yeah. House and Senate. And it's just like, you know, like that great Lenny Bruce line. He goes, just because you're paranoid doesn't mean they're not following you. No, I think that, you know, I think that, that the prosecution of uh, Maria Butina is going to is going to open the floodgates and i think that's i think it's going to I, I think it's going to be a nice window into why a lot of republicans are nervous about doing anything about the crazy president we have well because the, there's russian money all over the republican party i would guarantee it and, there's russian money all over the conservative think tanks the, the conservative movement conservative media i guarantee you it's, it's that that she's the tip of the iceberg um and you know what i like about that name butina? the red the red-haired gun mall yeah butina and it rhymes with subpoena it does. Very good. See, that's why you're a songwriter. <laughs> so, what do you? Um, maybe we should. Maybe we should get her a Kavanaugh hat. What do you think? Yeah, I'm. You know, actually, somebody about three, uh, three weeks ago at a gig brought me about a 1910 John Kavanaugh hat box. I'll oh, that's tremendous! I can't believe you don't have people throwing them at you <laughs> during gigs. Oh man! You know, Tom okay. Jones gets underwear. You get Kavanaugh hat. Yeah, and the occasional tomato, but. Uh, uh, so, Charlie, we've only got about four minutes left. So, sure. you know, there's so many. I mean, every day there's a new there's a new uh, conflict of interest. There's a new uh, light that's shed on a, on a nefarious deal. And number one, the Republicans are are most of them, I believe, are complicit. But they have no um, energy to investigate any of this, and it's coming at us so fast and furiously. We can't keep up with. So what I want to ask Charlie Pierce, is there a silver lining in all of this? Well, I think that, you know, you're, you're seeing a level of street activism we haven't seen since the 60s. Right. And I think that's, I think that's a, a cause for some optimism. You're seeing a raft of very, very interesting new candidates, at the, at both at the state and local level and at the congressional level. Uh, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez is a great politician. Right. She doesn't really know it yet, I don't think, but she really is. Uh, Connor Lamb is a terrific, you know, we've got, you know, in my state alone, we've got, you know, uh, Elizabeth Warren and, you know, Joseph Kennedy III is you my know, congressman. Can I jump in there for a sec, Charlie? I did sure. uh, I played uh, uh, the Humphrey Mondale dinner, which is the big fundraiser, oh. uh, every year in downtown Minneapolis. One year it was in St. Paul. But... Uh, about three or four years ago, uh, I played the you know entrance music, the exit music, and then the Star Spangled Banner at some point. But Elizabeth Warren spoke, and I hung out with her backstage. And she's like hanging out with your sixth grade librarian. She's oh, neat. she's a hoot, isn't she? She's mild, and she's like your your favorite aunt. When she yeah. got on that stage, she blew the roof off the place. And I told my girlfriend, I said, "I'm going to go out and get a bumper sticker tomorrow." And make a thousand that say Hillary who? <laughs> yeah, she's a she's a piece of work. She is. I I've, I knew her before she before she ran for office because I used her on, as a source on stories during the financial collapse. Hmm. And she was the go. She, that's when she first got famous. She went on with John Stewart. Right. Uh, you know, she was the expert on 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 you know kind of why the the bubble popped and you know. Essentially, mortgage and and medical induced bankruptcies. She was the go to source, 
so I got to know her and 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 and, and her husband Bruce Mann is uh, a, a brilliant professor of colonial law and early uh, early American Republic law and you know she's just I mean she's I'm less objective about her than I, I have been about any politician who's ever lived. Yeah, right. Oh, I totally get it. Let's, uh, she has an incredible capacity of explaining complicated things so that dopes like me can understand. Yeah, so, well, and I feel the same way about you, Charlie, because um, uh, you've got a great sense of history. Uh, I love your, your acidic take. You've got a great sense of humor. You're click, click. Legalisms are phenomenal. What the hell is a shabine? Oh, it's a it, well. It, it actually, it's an interesting story. A shabine was was a, a an illegal saloon in Ireland, which trafficked both in bootleg whiskey called poteen and whiskey that was not ta- that was avoiding the taxes of the British Empire. Hmm. It, there aren't many of them left, obviously, because there's no British Empire anymore. But the word shabine has now moved to South Africa. Wow! If you Google shabine. Your your first five or six entries will be from South Africa because they sprung they sprung up in the towns and the in the townlands under apartheid. That's phenomenal, Charlie. We just got thirty seconds left. Um, in a in a perfect world, in Charlie Pierce's perfect dream world, who would run for president and vice president in twenty twenty? Uh, you know, I I think I mean I wouldn't I wouldn't be. A loyalist. If I didn't say, I, I I really don't want Elizabeth Warren to run because I want her to be my senator for the next twenty years. Right. Uh, I think she's moving toward it, and if she's moving toward it, I would I would say her. And as for vice president, uh, you know, I wouldn't want to go with Joe Kennedy because she can't have two people from Massachusetts. Right. Uh, but you know, somebody of a young rising star, maybe maybe a state senator from somewhere. Okay. You know, somebody who's worked at the ground level. My um, my pick. Uh, hits to click would be Sally Yates, President Michael Avenatti, VP. Charlie Pierce, thank you so much. We're going to have check in with Charlie once a month on the Wall of Power I, Radio. I Art. look forward to it, Paul. Okay, brother, you have a wonderful day. You too, pal. Bye bye. Okay, bye. Thanks for listening to the Wall of Power Radio Hour. The show was produced by Paul Metza, engineered by Eric Nelson, and recorded in the basement of the AM 950 studios in Eden Prairie, which is neither Eden nor a prairie. Watch my TV show, Wall of Power TV, every Saturday night. If you have Comcast, get on Channel 6 at 8 and 11.30 p.m. or stream from mcn6.org. And remember, like my dad used to tell me, remember to be kind someone happy. Well, some make the high